Welcome to Be Customer-Led, where we'll explore how leading experts in customer and employee experience are navigating organizations through their own journey to be customer-led and the actions and behaviors employees and businesses exhibit to get there. And now, your host, Bill Stagos. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Be Customer-Led. I'm your host, Bill Stakos. I have another amazing guest for you all this week. Bella Abok is head of operations and customer experience for a company in Nairobi, Kenya called Brighter Monday. Now, that's a recruiting and staffing organization, but Bella has a really amazing way and approach that she's looking at customer experience, and I think one that you all are going to learn from. So, Without further ado, Bella, welcome to Be Customer Led. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Bill. Equally excited. I'm so stoked to be here. You have Thank no you idea. For the I'm, welcome. I'm more stoked than you are, I can tell you that. So, <laughs> Bella, you have a really interesting journey. We ask every guest on the show the first question is talk to us about your journey, share it, and what you think were the differentiating factors in your career. And go back as far as you like. And I know we you shared it with me a little bit when we first connected, but yeah, share it with our listeners. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bill, for the opportunity. I immediately after university, I actually started to help out my my colleagues uh, with their projects because I'd done a degree in statistics. And for me, just then it was all about referrals. I just wanted to do it so well so that someone would tell somebody else about it and that person would come running to me for a solution. And then after that, after a couple of years, I went now into employment and I took on an entry-level sales role. And since then, I've been growing in sales particularly. But here's the thing. I was already giving my customers such a great experience and I was so focused on retaining my customers making sure that they're within my network, even as I was moving and changing jobs across different verticals and across mm -hmm. different industries. I wanted to keep in touch with those customers and to ensure that they're moving along with me. And if they had needs in terms of the previous companies that I worked for, the current company that I was working in, that I was able to offer those solutions. And so it was always about giving value to my customers, no matter where I was. So in essence, I was practicing customer experience, right? Without knowing that I was, I was keen on revenue targets and commissions like any other salesperson. But what was key for me is that I needed to retain those customers and I needed to get referrals. And that's what enabled me to succeed in a sales career. So then I transitioned into customer experience when I started working for a company that was selling an integrated customer experience management tool. And that was not so many years ago. And just then I started to examine what customer experience is as a field and as a specialty. And I decided this is my it. This is where everything is coming together for me. And since then, I've just been a customer experience professional. That's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. I love that you come from the sales side of it and you realized once you worked in sort of the, in the discipline that you realized, hey, this is really what my passion is. And you were great at sales because you were delivering a great experience at the end of the day. And that's, 
that's so much part of the in Kenya. Tell us a little bit about the state of customer experience in Kenya and how do you think it's maybe evolved over the last couple of years? I'd like to say the state of customer experience in Kenya, though I haven't done a survey, I haven't checked a pulse of any sort. <laughs> I belong to a customer experience community of about 200 professionals, and we have a WhatsApp awesome. group, right? And we are constantly sharing insights on what we expect as customers whenever we're receiving services across different verticals and industries. But we are also in that same community speaking to each other about expectations, right? And we are constantly challenging each other to make sure that we are offering those great experiences in the companies that we work in. So if I was to look at it in terms of evolution, there's what was the contact center and customer care and customer service and how it was known mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. That's now morphing into customer experience. And so you'll find that most customer experience professionals in Kenya are coming from that kind of background, some of whom are coming from a marketing background as well. I know globally, really, there's a large majority of customer experience professionals that have been birthed from a marketing background. But in Kenya, it's more from the customer service point of view, customer care and contact center professionals who've been practicing for probably 15 to 20 years, who are now just morphing to become customer experience professionals and ensuring that their centers of excellence within their organizations speak more about the entirety of a customer's relationship to the brand and not just the call center, right? Yeah. So I would say that's, that's the morph. It's the same people. But the practice is what has, has actually changed, yeah. That's really interesting and cool. I love that you have a WhatsApp group of 200 people. What a cool little community that you are part of. And is it really active? Are people really active on that talking about and helping each other? Please don't get me going on it because <laughs> there are times if, you, if, you, if, you're not, if you're not looking at, if you're not looking at the messages and you've decided to just block out your day and focus on your work, by evening, you have more than 200 messages to catch up on, right? Oh, my right? gosh. That's so, yes. So, I've answered your question, right? Very active. We are, at any one time, the conversation is around a brand experience. One of us has had mm -hmm. a brand experience somewhere, and we are sharing it, and we are probably reaching out to the person that works in that organization or that industry, and we're speaking to them objectively about what was the expectation and what really needed mm. to happen. As well, we are ensuring that we are keeping abreast with each other's milestones. So it's also a platform where we celebrate each other, right? For all the That's different awesome. initiatives that we are taking in our businesses and the awards we are winning and the recognition that we are getting in our industries. We're also sharing that within the group and celebrating that as well. Very cool. I love that that is happening. I wish that was happening more. Maybe it is. I'm just not aware. But I'm part of a couple of different Slack groups around customer experience. But I love that you guys are using WeChat for that. And I can imagine, I can imagine how many messages you're getting. But it's great that you're all helping each other. When you think about sort of yeah. customer experience, Bella, talk to us a little bit about what you see as some of the core tenets for customer experience. Are there core tenets that you found over your career? 
whether it was even in sales or when you were working for the provider or now even in your role with the staffing agency, what are some more important than others? Well, Bill, it's, it's a tricky one, but here's the thing. What I consider to be the strongest foundation you could ever build around customer experience is the voice of the customer program. I think it all starts with, are you able to collate customer feedback, whether it's solicited through service or unsolicited because you're doing some call listening and you're mining some data from different touch points. I think that that sets the foundation for everything else that you could build around customer experience. Because at the end of the day, every business is in there to meet the customer's needs. And the customer's needs and preferences are constantly changing, right? And customers have options. Their loyalty is based on their expectations and what's happening within and around them, right? So every business that wants to be successful needs to have a pulse on what the customer is feeling and thinking mm -hmm. across multiple touch points within the organization and without, right? And then after that is when you begin to build initiatives around what can we do to ensure our customers remain close to us? What can we do to ensure that we are acquiring new customers constantly, not only retaining, but we're also growing our market share, right, within the industry? Mm -hmm. And that's just my opinion. Start with that and then build from there. So if you have real-time customer insights, right, and you've automated your process around voice of the customer. And here, I just want to put a caveat, right? It's just not the external customer, the internal customer as well. So you're gathering the voice of the employee as well. And you're integrating all of these things and you're building initiatives based off of those. Then you begin to look at organizational adoption and accountability based on the voice of the employee. Then you begin to look at metrics how are you measuring the return on investment of customer experience? Mm -hmm. How are you measuring like certain other metrics that we know of, like the net promoter score and the customer satisfaction mm -hmm. score and the customer effort score? You want to look at designing those experiences because you've received a certain amount of feedback that points you in a certain direction. You want to look deeper into the journeys that the customers are going through. And then you want to now design solutions around those, right? So Bill, just to come back to it, I think the voice of the customer, the voice of the employee is what sets the foundation for all the other practices within customer experience. That's, I, I couldn't agree more, Bella, frankly. When you think about that though, how, I mean, especially when You've got technology shaping a lot of the work that practitioners and leaders like you are doing every day. Certainly COVID has maybe to, the best word to describe it is accelerated different experiences, digital being one of them and engagement. I know that's very different in Kenya versus in the U.S. Obviously you are accessing brands in different ways than, than we are. The U.S. is horribly behind the rest of the world in a lot of different ways. Many different ways. Really? How has that changed for you? Oh, it really is. Trust me. Trust me, it is. How has that changed for you, particularly in the face of COVID, maybe in terms of whether it's accessing that voice of the customer or the voice of the employee, ability to act on that? Has that changed your think or your approach at all? Absolutely. It has. I think 
just when COVID hit and we had to go remote, like fully remote at the time. And mm. just then is when I was implementing our automated voice of the customer program. And we had just onboarded a platform, right, for, for that use. And I immediately started listening to team members within the organization and asking them, what can I do to make your work a little bit easier? What do you think would meet your needs? And, and Bill, I got so much feedback, right? I immediately dived into doing empathy maps for, for different people in the organization. And before I knew it, we were relating this to our customers' experience because some of them were also working from home or remotely and their lives had somewhat turned around during that time. Did we accelerate? Yes, we did. In terms of especially reaching back to our disgruntled and, and detractors. Mm -hmm. And these customers were so glad that our turnaround time was really fast, right? And you could hear on the call an unhappy customer immediately converting into a promoter just then mm -hmm. because they were super impressed that not only did the person reach out to them within 45 minutes, but that that person was able to empathize with them at another level other than what they were really unhappy about, right? Mm -hmm. And to be able to connect with them on an emotional level based off of the empathy maps we'd done, Bill. And so in terms of reaching our customers where they're at and putting them in comfort, yes, we were able to do that. In terms of looking at insights in real time and having a tool that analyzes that feedback in real time, both quantitatively and qualitatively. And better yet, having this tool be integrated to existing work tools. So our existing tools like CRM, like our ticketing system, our telephony system, were all integrated into this platform. So the power of technology is that it enables us to reach beyond and go the extra mile in terms of serving our customers and in a way that saves on our time. So we are very efficient and we are very productive. We are happy with the work that we do. We are happy with the difference that we are making in our customers' lives. And, and yes, I think technology had a big part to play during the COVID era in just ensuring that we were able to give seamless experiences to our customers. When you think, Bella, about the technology that you use for your work as a team, in being able to obtain that voice of the customer feedback in real time, getting employee feedback even, how do you think that that has changed the work of, of leaders and practitioners like you? I personally, I'm a bit, look, I work for a technology company in this space, so it's, it's don't take it this as I'm trying to pitch anything, but I really do think that without a robust technology, a CX tech stack in place, I don't think that actually customer experience teams and organizations that want to focus on customer experience can be successful in the mid or long term. How has technology, and don't share who you're working with, obviously, but how has technology maybe changed the work for you? And are there any tools out there that you are actually keen to try and, and, and start to test out too? Uh, totally. So I've already mentioned the aspect about having a tool that collects and collates feedback in real time and ensures that it does the quantitative and the qualitative. So then you're able to identify 
exactly what the customer said. And the sentiment analysis that's done on the qualitative feedback is what ensures you understand and prioritize the customer experience mm -hmm. drivers, right? So like right now, Bill, if you asked me what's driving customers' emotions and decisions for the last one week at Brighter Monday, I'm able to tell you about three things, right? Based off of the sentiment analysis that's mm -hmm. happening in real time. And I totally agree with you. Companies that are looking to be customer obsessed definitely need technology to further that agenda, right? And more so, they need technology that's integratable to their existing systems. They don't necessarily need to overhaul everything that exists within the organization, mm -hmm. because I know that's usually one of the challenges that customer experience professionals face internally in their companies. And that now brings out the aspect about collaboration as a key pillar in customer experience, ensuring that you're working cross-functionally in the business and that you have buy-in from the different leaders within the business and you're working together to create awesome experiences for the customer. So technology is definitely at the center of creating those awesome experiences. How effective is my team based off of the technology that we are using? I'd like to say, Bill, one of the mandates that I put on myself in my first 100 days when I took on the job was to ensure that I could free up my team from focusing on customer service, customer support related tasks, mm -hmm. because most of those tasks, tasks are actually reactive. It's all about the customer called in and complained the customer sent in an email and complained. And surely a lot of time can go into that. In fact, a whole working day can go into that, right? And I just wanted my team to be able to not only attend to customers who've reached out to us, but to also apportion a part of their time into proactive initiatives that anticipate customer needs and then cross-functionally doing that within the business and then measuring the impact, I really wanted my team to focus more on the proactive activities. And just to answer your question around what do I anticipate for the future, Bill, I'm looking for tools that can do predictive analysis, right, of customer actions, anything around customer spend behavior, anything around anticipating the future of our customers' needs and preferences based off of market behavior. I'm looking for that and proactive initiatives that my team can take up in anticipation of, of the future needs of the customer. Yeah. Be careful. You might get some sales calls after we publish this show. So I hope, <laughs> I hope you don't get bombarded with LinkedIn requests for software vendors. For me, the, the technology is going towards a place where it's, it's about data and automation, where the experience is going to be... Yes automatically delivered, that next best journey or that next best experience is going to surface in real time based on what yes. you're doing with that brand. I'm really excited for that. I mean, that the technology exists today. It's not as ubiquitous as it can be. One, it's expensive. Two, it's really focused on sort of the enterprise. I'm really excited for five, 10 years from now when that kind of technology is going to be available at, everywhere small mid-market as well as large enterprises can use this tech to, to deliver the experiences that we're all going to be demanding. Right? And I think our preferences are going to be even sh shape that and drive that more. And it's going to create a big gap, I think, in the near term. 
from those that have the technology and the experiences that they can give and deliver versus those that can't access that technology, which is going to be a really sad thing for a CX, but nonetheless, I think others will, will catch up. So Bella, I have a question I, for you, Bill. Go, go for it. And, go for it. I don't know if I'm going to have and, the right answer, and, but I'll, um, I'll have an opinion. <laughs> I think when it comes to adoption of technology, there's, there's usually a somewhat fear around automation. Like if there's any such thing as over automation, mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. that people begin to be insecure about their jobs and their roles in different organizations. Could you like comment on that in terms of yeah. customer experience and also other roles within the business? We've seen at least over the last five years with respect to technology automating a lot of like the work. I've seen it mostly in the contact center. And in the last five years, there's been a lot of conversation around bots or other technology taking over the role of a contact center agent. But I've never seen the the teams being like people being let go as an example from the sort of the business cases that I've seen, like, oh, 20% of your contact center isn't needed anymore because your calls will be reduced so much. I'm not seeing people being laid off for technology reasons. I think eventually that's going to happen, but I think it's going to happen in a way where you are going to need humans talking to humans. I think the bots, and I think that's a really important conversation. It's starting to happen more and more now. Bots should take care of questions that bots can take care of. Very, very mundane, rudimentary kind of inquiries. Maybe like a password reset. Actually, password reset, you don't even need a bot anymore. You should be able to do that on your website as a customer or an app. But maybe you want to know something about your balances at a bank or when a product may be shipped, as an example. Those are things, questions that can be answered by a bot, a bot excuse me, in, in a chat. For the contact center and for other individuals, sales even, who are customer facing, there's always going to be a role. And I think that there are always going to be questions where as a human being, I need to talk to another human being. And yeah. so for, for those, and I think we need to define what those are, obviously, it's going to be different for every industry, every company, but defining that. The other thing that I think is interesting, Bella, is when you, when you think about the metaverse and where that's going, and let's just say we're there in seven, eight, maybe nine or 10 years. I think that humans there are going to also be very important. I think that people are going to want to talk to humans in the metaverse of their avatars, right? In the metaverse, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, but also be able to distinguish, am I talking to a bot or am I talking to a human? I think the human interaction is going to be really interesting. Something I think a lot about a lot in a fully digitally immersive environment. And what does that mean for the human to human connection too? And I think we'll be able to express our individuality better. So agents being, you will see an agent's avatar. They can bring their whole selves through that, even though it's a digitally immersive yes. platform. Um, yes, they I can channel really their creativity. Ton- oh, yeah, of course. Yes. And I think that's really going to be a really wonderful thing. And I think it's going to humanize the contact center again, which is, I think, really important. And I think it's, I think it's going to be a wonderful thing. Yeah. Awesome. So, Bella, I've got another question for you. So, as a leader, and I almost said female leader, but as a leader, it doesn't matter whether you're female or male, you're a leader in this space. 
there are individuals that are listening that want to get to a level where you are leading a function, a team. What advice do you have for them? Maybe you think about yourself maybe five, 10 years ago. What advice would you give young Bella or what advice would you give for other practitioners who are looking to eventually lead teams at some point in their career? Yeah, I'd say three things, Bill. I'd say be curious, right? The moment that you keep asking questions and whenever you spot opportunities and you want to involve people and you want to keep understanding exactly what's going on in the environment, that then helps you to learn as much as possible but also to take action and to take action collaboratively because you want to solve solutions with people. You want to do it together. That's what I'd say. Really be curious. And then number two, I would say, please take a seat on the table because at some point, as you're doing all the collaborative work and solving together, you will be offered a seat. Please take it. I mean, you deserve to be there. They see and feel your value and they've pulled up a seat for you. Do not shy away. Take that seat. And then number three, please speak up. (laughs) So you have been asking questions and learning. You've been offered a seat at the table. Do not let an opportunity to share your ideas or to speak up about something because you've been learning for a while. So it's an opportunity for you to say it. And you just never know because that could position you for that leadership role. And whether or not you have a title that describes Mm. you as a leader, you're definitely going to be that person that's sought after because of the value that you give, which comes into leadership, right? So those are the three things I'd say, Bill. I love that. I, I love that you started off with being curious. That's something that I don't see or I see less and less of. I'm really encouraged by folks who are now like coming out of university and starting. Curiosity is something that's really baked into their brains. Much more I'm, yes. I'm an older I'm older. It was, it was don't ask questions, shut up and do your work. That's the environment that I grew up in given my age. And that is a really different thing now where people are challenging the status quo. They want to understand why is it this way? Why can't it be a different way? Yeah. Can you give me the opportunity to go solution? Because I may see a different way. Yes. And I'm really encouraged by that. And I think that's going to be a really wonderful thing for the discipline that we're in, that we work in every day. So Hopefully I get to continue to work in this space as long as they'll have me and I get to see that really, really start to start to blossom. Can I just add this, that curiosity isn't just about the initial stages, right? You need to remain curious. Yeah. Once you arrive at what looks like a solution, you need to keep iterating and asking questions. And that's now what brings on to process improvement, continuous process improvement, and ensuring that you're doing it collaboratively. That just wins. It wins every day. Mm-hmm. It's what gets me excited in the morning, really. When I just get up and I say, oh my God, is that what we did for our customers that were self-serve customers on the website? How about we tried for our offline customers? 
So you're always constantly looking for that thing that you could do differently. And you're very proactive about it, right? I yeah. love that. And yeah, I know you can never lose curiosity. I think that that's, well, you can lose it over time, I think, but you just have to constantly remind yourself to practice it. The last point you made around speak up. Once mm-hmm. you get your seat at the table, all of a sudden, maybe imposter syndrome kind of sets in sometimes. It's important to just have confidence in yourself, provide your opinion, yes. let other leaders know that you have a view and share that view. It's so yes. critical. It's so critical. Yes. Bella, I've got two more questions for you. I know it's a Saturday and, and you've got a family to get to and, and I do as well. <laughs> what Are there any leaders that you look up to whether it's in our discipline, maybe in customer and employee experience, or even just large industry at large, are there any like leaders out there that you look up to and say, you know, you're aspiring to to be more like them? Yes, most definitely, Bill. I've become a recent fan of podcasts, right? It's part of my morning routine. I listen to at least one episode every day. Awesome. And there's a wealth of knowledge out there. And there's a wealth of experiences that we need to tap into. So I would say, I, I don't want to mention like just specific names because okay. I feel like, names. Go for I, feel like are... I, get, I get inspiration from different people every day. <laughs> so, so those that I'm following keenly are you, Bill, number oh, one. kind of you to say. I'm following you everywhere. Please check me out. I'm following you across different <laughs> channels. And I told you even before we started recording, I've been watching and listening uh, to your podcast. Um, and then someone else would be Jean Bliss because, oh, yeah. yes, I'm listening to her podcast as well. And I'm telling everyone who needs to listen and need to grow in CX that they need to listen to her podcast on customer experience. For sure. Yeah. And then there's, there's other leaders out there, right? I tell you, somebody that inspires me quite a bit is Oprah Winfrey. She has the capacity to bring out the deeper layers of people's experiences in a way that helps you or me to reflect on exactly what's going on in my life and to be able to take certain conscious steps to drive my life in the direction that I wanted to go, right? So there's there's wealth in the conversations that she has. Totally. And then there's definitely Simon Sinek. I mean, uh, can't get enough, can't get enough of that content. And so anything around breaking the status quo, just challenging what's happening and asking those questions and always remaining curious, right? Yeah, so those are the ones that are coming top of mind at the moment. But I have inspirational times in my day. Like I've just described part of my morning routine is listening Mm -hmm. to podcasts. And I just want to tap into the wealth of knowledge that people have out there. And if that can make me a better person in terms of what I do, work, family, and I'm good for it and I'm here for it. I love that. Yeah. Do you, so outside of podcasts, where else do you go for inspiration? Where do you look for inspiration? I look at my children for inspiration and my wife and my family and friends and the people that I work with. I'm a huge people person. And I'm an extrovert. So I get energy from, from being around other people. <laughs> where do you get your inspiration from? From dancing. And oh, I dance cool. with my children every day, Bill. I know 
there's people that say every day, every day, Bella. And I say, yes, every day. Even if it's like for five minutes, just before my evening classes, we, we'll just do a dance to the extent that my two-year-old son right now cannot be on our what we call our dance floor alone. If something's <laughs> pumping, he's going to go around the house and get everyone to come and dance. So that no matter how bad the day was or how uninspired I thought I was, or how tired I was, those five, 10 minutes dance with my children totally sets me up and inspires me. You've inspired me. I'm going to go dance with my kids actually after breakfast this morning. What an amazing conversation. I'm really honored to get to know you and have you on the show. And it's been a great conversation. And just thanks so much for the gift of your time and sharing your knowledge with our listeners. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much, Bill. A last tip, make sure you dance behind them so then you get to enjoy their moves really well. I know. What they'll do is probably, my oldest will probably take her iPad out and start to record dad making a fool of himself is probably what it's going to be more like. So. We'll yeah, a, thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you again. Thank you it's so nice. much for having me, Bill. It was totally awesome having this conversation with you. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. All right, everybody. Another great show this week. We're out. Talk to you soon, Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to Be Customer Led with Bill Stakos. We are grateful to our audience for the gift of their time. Be sure to visit us at BeCustomerLed.com for more episodes. Leave us feedback on how we're doing or tell us what you want to hear more about. Until next time, we're out. We're out.